entering the Freedom Hut. A million new COVID cases in five days. California on lockdown. Rudy Giuliani tests positive. The Arizona legislature closes in response. And vote in Georgia or the socialists will win. This, this is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission, or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One Make no mistake. America. You're a great American. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. He's a great guy. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Welcome, friends, to the Buck Sexton Show. These are troubling times. We have multiple crises happening. You'd think that right after an election, there'd be something of a calm before the storm. You'd either have the preparation for a new administration or the continuation of the old administration And we'd be thinking about the holidays, Christmas presents, Hanukkah gifts, New Year's plans. Instead, we are subjected to more and more lies about what is actually happening in this election recount and auditing process. And we're subjected to increasing totalitarianism that doesn't even try to justify itself anymore in order to stop COVID, as if that's possible. And let me tell you, and I I don't usually complain about these things to you, because I think that oftentimes people use this as an opportunity to just direct attention to themselves or, oh, look at me. I have found out beyond any doubt, I mean, it's official, that because of my stances on COVID-19, asking questions mostly, because I say, hold on a second, The data does not support this thing that they say. Hold on a minute. How does it make sense to do this and not that? For those thought crimes, for that wrong think, I'm currently throttled, limited, demonetized, you name it, on all of the major social media platforms. That's currently happening right now. Some people have been saying, Buck, you haven't been tweeting as much or you haven't been posting as much what's going on. It's because I'm trying to figure out what's happening and I've gone into the back end of various accounts and looked at the stats and seen the official warnings. You have to look for them sometimes or the official suspensions, all these things that happen. And yes, what they do now is they bring in, quote, independent fact checkers, end quote, and they shut you down. And they don't even tell you about it necessarily. You'll just find out, oh, your reach is down 90 percent. You think that your followers and your followers believe they have access to what you're saying and thinking. But no, you're just put in the penalty box. This is coming at a time when people asking important questions, people being willing to say, hold on a second. Why are we at an all time high in cases in this country? Why are we being told that California is going into full on stay at home mode in Los Angeles in some of the Bay Area counties. The most extreme lockdown orders that you would find anywhere in this country, and this is all happening after months of masking and social distancing and limitations on gatherings, and they tell us that the reason for all of this is because we haven't done a good enough job. We've had months of restrictions in place. Remember when California over the summer was holding itself up as a great example We mask up so we're safe. That's what they were saying. That was what the governor, Gavin Newsom, that 
just slimy fraud. That's what he was telling everybody. Great job. You listen to what we tell you. Therefore, you're safe. Do they stop listening suddenly? No. But can they admit that? No, people in power don't like to have their power taken away. And they also really don't like to look stupid. Or like they've been swindled or they're frauds. Right. They prefer to avoid that when they can. They certainly don't like like looking dumb, though, because mockery of public officials is one thing that they know is destructive to their brand. You can disagree with them. You can think they're they're uh, left wing hacks. But if you can really make fun of them and it sticks, that bothers them. That's why this hypocrisy that we see stays in so many people's minds long after it happens when Gavin Newsom and others London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco, these public officials, California and elsewhere across the country who don't take their own warnings to heart. They want you to shut down. They want you to lock down. But the rest of us, you see, uh, in the elites, we get a we get a get out of lockdown free card. That's their that's their position. But I just get very angry because I see what's happening here. I see that this is really about shaping the public mind, shutting down debate and discussion. And big tech is now full on part of this authoritarianism. What purpose does social media serve in a time of national policy crisis, if not to allow people to exchange information and ideas that are contrary, contrary to the dominant paradigm? Why even have it? What's the point? These are communications platforms. And yes, they've been given special exceptions and carve outs. 230 should go. It should go because they're acting like the New York Times editorial board has created this place where you can have a conversation, but they shut it down the moment they don't like what you're saying. You know why I bother them so much? Because I'm right about things that they, the consensus enforcers have been wrong about it's embarrassing for them but it's only embarrassing if people know about it so they cover it up and they shut people down and they say you're violating our terms of service how am i violating oh that's right third party fact checkers say that this is not correct third party fact the third party fact checkers are morons i am smarter than all of these third party fact checkers i know more than them i have a longer track record of not just calling things about COVID, but about everything in public life. Why, why do they get the ability to stifle me? Oh, that's right. And I'm, I'm not the only one at all. I know this is happening to a lot of my fellow conservatives in this fight, but I'm just telling you right now, I have been directly targeted by this. They're going after me with everything they've got, and they're doing it in the slyest possible way. They can't. They're not suspending me. I haven't broken any rules. So what do they do? They just throttle me. They shadow ban me. Oh, you think you're communicating with your followers, but you're not. And you know that I wouldn't say this unless I, I, I have the proof. I know I can see. And then I track it down and there's this little, oh, you violated this here or. And remember, it's not terms of service, really. It's that they bring in these fact checkers. You know what the fact checkers do? Launders their authoritarianism to a third party. So these billionaires that you know own and run Facebook and Twitter and and everything Google affiliated. They they're not the ones saying that there's no free speech. They brought in these independent fact checkers. 
People are losing their livelihoods. California is turning into like a prison state right now. For what? Because this is going to make everything so much better. Ask somebody who believes, oh, we only have to do this for two weeks and then we'll flatten it. Really? Yeah, because the environment, the climate for COVID is going to be so much better in the middle of December or the end of December than it is now. What happens when you start to open back up? Gee, think this one through. If the lockdown slows down cases, what happens when the lockdown ends? When you look at hospital capacity, the media keeps lying to you about this. And don't worry, I'm going to get to the lies about the election and how they say that what happened, the, the Georgia video is debunked. It's not debunked. There's all these things that they could do. There's all these ways they could show us that the election results were not fraudulent in a widespread and systematic fashion and they choose not to do them why they're so busy it's so hard to do a signature match in georgia but there's something bigger going on here i mean remember this if they can censor us during a pandemic when they've gotten countless things wrong already they can always find an excuse to censor you for anything else that really matters as well most of the worst, uh, most of the most uh, worst worthwhile ideas and arguments and news stories you can share on social media right now are, are getting banned. They may not tell you they're banned, but they're shadow banned. And it's happening faster and faster now every day. And the tidal wave of fact checking and false news censorship is occurring during an election and in the immediate aftermath. You think it's in, in, in any way unconnected? That Hunter Biden, the, the shutdown of that story right before the election and now the continued shutdown and all this. Oh, this is disputed. This is disputed. Everything worth talking about in politics is disputed. They put these little idiotic disclaimers on everything. This is putting their thumb on the scale, putting their elbow on the scale for the authoritarian left. And they've lied to you. They've lied to society about this. They've said that they are devoted to free speech. These are platforms for the exchange of ideas. They're not publishers. They're platforms. That's a lie. They are acting as publishers straight up. It's just there are so many people publishing on their sites, they can't go after it all. So what do they do? They use algorithms and they go after people that are too problematic for them. They go after people that are getting too much attention for an idea that opposes this consensus. None of this is a coincidence or an accident. None of this also was applied to the mass hysteria about Trump-Russia collusion. All lies for years. Where was all this third-party fact-checking then? Where was all the shadow banning and the suspending of people then? No, it's only now when we have lockdowns happening, we're separated from each other. This is actual tyranny in practice now. When someone says your restaurant can't open, but across the street someone else's can because I say so, and you go bankrupt and someone else doesn't, because I say so, that is tyranny. That's what it feels like. The founding fathers were drawing muskets on people for taxing their tea too much. You remember? But here we are being told you're not allowed to ask tough questions. You're not allowed to point out what? That the public health policies in place uh, is this success? Is this what success looks like? They've got to be kidding, right? I mean, th compared to compared to what? 
What is the baseline? In California, they reported more than 30,000 new coronavirus cases. The biggest one-day increase on record for any state. Is it because California is Trump country? And people are mass deniers there? Gee, I guess that whole narrative about it's all the Trump people not wearing masks that are spreading the virus was idiotic, reckless, vicious, and stupid. But if you try to point these things out, be careful, because the third-party fact-checker, who are these people? Who are these individuals that I'm supposed to believe are in a position to fact-check me? And it's not even facts, it's opinion that they disagree with. But the fact-checkers have better opinions? Now, this is, of course, happening in part because journalism has so thoroughly disgraced itself because of its obvious bias and its blatant partisan activism. They're rebranding this wing of objective journalism as fact-checking now. They cannot win the argument, so they must control the flow of information. That's what's happening right now. It is real. It is all around you. And big tech is their way back to information dominance. That's what they want. Just like the old days, no Fox News, no conservative media. Just get your talking points read to you by some imbecile with too much hairspray on the nightly news, or in this case, from the New York Times website. That's the only thing that's allowed. Don't question the election. Don't question the COVID lockdown policies. If you do either of those things, they will silence you. Where are the big defenders of our democracy right now? Oh, no. The great irony of our present moment is that many of the loudest voices that claim to be preserving our democracy are, in fact, leftist mouthpieces for censorship and totalitarianism, which are, in fact, mortal threats to our democracy. That is what is happening right now. Don't ask questions about the election. It's over, they say. Don't ask questions about COVID policy. It's the science, they say. And they are wrong on both. And they know it, which is why they won't even let you talk about it. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. I'm not the only one who's furious about this in the media. That's the good news. Although I've been going after the COVID lies harder than almost anybody. There are a few others who have been really strong on this one. Uh, But Rick Santelli, speaking of the Tea Party, this is the guy who got the Tea Party started. Remember that? It's from his rant. That's how I ever got the idea for the Tea Party. This guy, Rick Santelli, CNBC. Here he is having the, the classic exchange of this moment where it's smug, elitist, wealthy, lib who can stay at home, have DoorDash and Hulu, take the edge off the day. He doesn't have to worry about anything. And he doesn't want the peasants getting all uppity about how their small businesses are being ruined or they can't see any of their elderly relatives this this holiday season, you know, if people understood what the death data was year in and year out in this country, how many people are dying, especially in a certain age group all the time, they might feel a little differently about saying, sorry, nine months, 10 months, 18 months of your life, not allowed to see people too dangerous. You know, if you're 97 and you want to see your loved ones, I think you should be able to. I don't think you should be told just six more months. But here's here's Santelli. Play it. Can't 
tell me that shutting down, which is the easiest answer, is necessarily the only answer. Rick, I just, I, I just as, a, as, a, as a public health and public service announcement uh, for the audience, the difference wait, between wait, a big all, box retailer. Who is this? Hold on. The difference between it, it's oh, Andrew. The different the difference between a big box retailer. Hold on. The difference between a big box retailer and a restaurant, or frankly, even a, a church, are so different it's unbelievable. Going I disagree. into a big box retailer, I you're wearing I disagree. You're wearing you can a mask. have your thoughts and I you're can have mine. To wear a mask. I disagree. I, it's science. I'm sorry. It's science. If it's you're wearing a mask, science. it's a different story. 500 people in a Lowe's aren't any safer than 150 people in a restaurant that holds 600. I don't believe it. Sorry. Don't believe okay. it. And I you, live in an area don't... where there's a lot of restaurants that have fought back and they don't have any problems. And they're open. Okay. You don't have to believe it, but let me just say this. You're doing a I disservice to I the won't. viewer because the viewers need to you understand it. You are doing it. a disservice we, we are to the viewer. You are. You are. Listen to that smug lib. It's science. It's sci- as if he knows anything about science. And this is actually public policy. This isn't science. If it were science, as in there's a right answer and a wrong answer, they would have gotten the answer right, don't you think? Somehow they haven't, as anyone can observe for themselves. All this stuff we've been doing, all these preparations, all the, oh, wear your mask, mask up between bites, mask indoors for dining, outdoors for dining, all this stuff we've been doing has not worked. That is obvious. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. I am getting attacked online by the social media companies now for saying things like that, that the policy has not worked. One, I'm right, and that's obvious. And two, that is an opinion about a public and political concern. That's not a fact-checkable thing. But they treat it as a fact-check so they can censor, so that idiots like, it's science guy, can keep on going around thinking that they're not imbeciles who are the enemies of free speech and the free exercise of ideas and your freedom as an individual. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. They can ban me, they can throttle me, they can shadow ban, all the things that they're doing. Demonetize. You know, they, they can scold me with these emails. There's no human being that could win any of these arguments with me. So now it's all it's all from anonymous online accounts from these mega social media companies. I mean, this is like a Kafkaesque nightmare. You're banned because you said something not true. Um, I, I shared an opinion and and it's actually rooted in fact. But who wants to debate me? No, no, sorry. The fact checkers said you're wrong. Oh, oh, the fact checkers. Well, I'm sure people that spend their time doing fact checks on social media are really smart and understand the complexities of American politics, as well as microbiology and covid policy. I'm sure there are a bunch of geniuses. You know what this is, friends? The left was losing ground when social media was never a truly open playing field, but when there was an active censorship. And so what they've done is they've bullied their buddies, their peers, Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg and the rest, and they've bullied them into adopting these official stances that privilege, advance, and support the left-wing narrative of events. This, we talk about how 
if we lose and we'll talk about the Georgia Senate seats coming up here in a little bit, too. But if we lose the Senate, they're going to add D.C., Puerto Rico, pack the Supreme Court, get obviously the filibuster, getting rid of it goes first. If we don't get control of the ability to communicate freely online, we're we're done in the long term. Conservatism is over. If they can tell you what you can think and what you can say and how you can share information, because we can't compete. You can say, oh, Buck, well, we can all start writing to each other with quill pens and use snail mail or something. We won't be able to compete. Their propaganda machine will become overwhelming again. Why do you think they're so desperate to do this? It's pathetic, but it's very effective. It's very effective. Uh, this is this is concerning. It's upsetting. Uh, we got to fight, friends. We got to fight. We got to fight for these election results to be clear, to be real. We have to see where there was fraud. We have to find it. We have to put it out there. And they're going to tell you that fact checkers say this isn't true. Of course. And they're going to tell you, do what you're told. Wear a mask. Shut up, peasant. Sorry if you lose your business. Sorry if you have a mental breakdown. Mental health metrics in this country are, are in in the, the, the toilet. I mean, it's going terribly for people. Kids taken out of school. I just want to know, when I was advocating for schools to be open in August, as I was, and as the President Trump was, when I was advocating for schools to open, I wonder, I haven't even been able to go back and look yet, how much fact-checking and throttling of my usage of these supposedly free and fair platforms online occurred. Do you think that I, do I get a, a an email from Twitter saying, hey, Fauci's actually a weak willed Democrat jackass and you were right about schools. Sorry about that. No, no, I do not. Do I do I get anybody saying, oh, wow, great call when I said that New York City was going to lock down again, that all these cities were going to lock down again and that the stuff we were doing over the summer when cases were low was just theater? No. I, I do not get an apology for that. No, no one tells me, sorry, you were right. Wow. What has Fauci been right about? I just what, what has Fauci said that he go? Oh, wow, that was good. He saw that one coming. Of course, Biden's keeping him on the classic bureaucrat status move. Have somebody who's a total clown, but they, they have the right politics and you keep them around. You keep them around and have them hide behind their credentials. You know, Fauci's not some world class brain surgeon. OK, he's a guy who's like, yeah, we got, you know, the metrics and the numbers. And, you know, I've been a doctor in public health for a long time. Yeah. What 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 great public health scourge did he help us defeat? Ask yourself that question. Where, where's his rec, Where's his track record of success? Or was he just hiding in the flabby folds of bureaucracy for the last 40 years? The flu season might be bad this year. Be careful. Wash your hands. Thanks, Dr. Fauci. Amazing. It's amazing, right? You would hope that we could at least be honest about this, but we can't. Okay, I've got more questions. I can say them here. Thankfully, I don't get shut down on radio, so I can tell you the truth on the radio. I try to tell you the truth online, those of you who follow me, but getting, getting shut down. Yeah. And what else am I going to do? But yeah, by the way, for those of you who are going to tell me, I'm already I'm posting every I'm on parlor all the time. I'm posting there. Of, of course. I'm. But I, uh, this is why I've been saying we need these things and we need people to back them and we need big money to go into them. You know, Republican billionaires, I put out my my clarion call to you again. You want to help save the country? Stop funding another think tank that does nothing 
and fund a social media platform so that it can actually get the user base necessary. And by, if it's Parler, that's great. I, I love Parler. I'm using it every day. And I appreciate what the people who are spearheading that are doing. I'm, I'm all about it. But I'm, we need more. I want conservative movie studios. I want conservative news organizations that don't have to worry and shut down the moment that there's a boycott from some of these left-wing activists who the game they play, it doesn't even have to be a boycott. They just have to make people afraid there'll be a boycott. And those of you are saying, oh, but Buck, let's, you know, we, we got to dig more into the Sidney Powell thing or whatever. I'm sitting here saying, look, I want to do all of that. If they control the information flow, it doesn't matter. This is the fight that is that is hanging above all these other political fights we're having. If they can shut this down, if they can censor you, they can stop people like me from telling you the truth about things. What, what, what arguments do you think we're going to win? We're in a very divided country. There are a lot of Democrats. It doesn't matter how bad. It doesn't matter what happens. We could set an all new COVID record next week and the week after and the week after. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, you're not locking down enough. And if the cases go down in the next two weeks, guess what they'll say? See, lockdowns are great. They work really well. And then what happens? You stop. And then what? Happens? Right. I mean, this is not allowed to not allowed to even think about it. Not allowed to have a real discussion about it. People are suffering because of this. People are suffering because of bad policy because of capricious and arbitrary decision-making by government officials who are going outside the normal legislative process, the checks and balances, the accountability for what's happening, that's been wiped away. And you have people like, th like this woman um, who is a restaurant owner, a restaurant owner in California who put out a video, went viral. And I, I want to just narrate a little bit, then you'll hear her voice. But she goes outside of her restaurant. She spent 80 thousand dollars a lot of money for a small business for a restaurant i mean i'm you know spent eighty thousand dollars creating a really functional cozy substantial outdoor dining area in california and after doing that and she obeyed them she bent the knee and I, by the way i don't say that disparagingly but you know she said okay government i'll do what you say here i'm trying to be a good citizen you know and she's expecting a little pat on the head from the government says, all right, we're, we're, we're going to we're taking eighty thousand dollars out of your pocket. But once you've done that, we'll let you operate and sell your food to customers. And but it has to be outside. And then they turn around, and they say, oh, sorry, too many cases, too many cases. So you're not allowed to open your restaurant anymore. You're, you're not allowed to do this. And she walks outside and her outdoor dining and this is why it's, it's so, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't see this if you're listening to this on a podcast or radio, but her outdoor dining area is right next to another outdoor dining area, which is set up exclusively for the use of a movie production, which is considerably larger, more chairs, more tables, everything movie production. It's sort of catering tables because Hollywood needs to be able to do its business. And if you're the mayor, if you're Garcetti in Los Angeles, you got to keep Hollywood happy. So her business goes up in smoke. She's out $80,000. She may go bankrupt. She has to fire all of her employees. Remember, there's no PPP anymore. There's no money coming. There's nothing. Because Nancy Pelosi wanted to make a political point. These Democrats are vicious. Vicious. 
It's going to get worse, too, if they actually manage to seize power with Biden here. But here she is, in her own words, describing what she sees outside of her restaurant. Uh, this woman, um, Marsden, play it. So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining, for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest, and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot, and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this. Has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. <laughs> they have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous. But right next to me as a slap in my face. It is. It's a slap in her face. And these morons in our media, and they're disgusting who don't give more voice to women and, and men like this, who have done everything they're supposed to do, and then just based on the arbitrary whim of government power, they're ruined. Why should she accept that? Based on what? Let me tell you this. Do you think anyone from the government is going to come to help her? Does anyone feel sorry for her when her business goes under, when she can't make the rent payments for this business, when her life savings are drained? What do they think happens? No, it, it, the, the movie industry producers, the people that are connected that that Garcetti and others like him, other Democrats who are particularly odious when it comes to this all across the country, uh, the ones who are connected, they're fine. They'll be fine. Does anyone feel sorry for this woman in, in three months or six months when the pandemic recedes as it will and she's bankrupt? No, it's sorry. Start all over again. Your livelihood, your future was the cost of doing business. Sorry, that's the way that it had to be because Dr. Fauci says so. Oh, no, not the movie producers. They're important. Sorry. Too bad for you. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Does anyone even want to try to answer this question? Why is outdoor dining banned in California? I, I want to know. Show me this study. Show me where outdoor dining is a major trans transmission risk. And keep in mind, there are activities that are allowed still. There are plenty of things you can still do in California. I mean, I shouldn't say plenty. There are a bunch of things you can still do in California that are far riskier than outdoor dining. Like go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's. Go, go into a Costco. That's totally fine. Retail is open at limited capacity, but retail is open. Huh. Where do you think you're safer? Being in a place where they limit the number of people indoors, but there are still people indoors or being out in open air. Do they think do you think the virus is going to fly at you with with open airflow? It, it, it's like a heat seeking missile. It's going to come at you from 20 feet away. Outdoors. I, I'm just I'm wondering, does anyone want to try to answer this? No, they, they have no. It's just be quiet. Do what you're told. And I've had enough of be quiet. Do what you're told. I, I think this is wrong. 
I think this needs to stop. And I'm not the only one, obviously. That's why there's these these protests happening. It's why people are speaking out against this. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. I got to say, I've always I I like Kevin O'Leary. I interviewed him and met him. Good dude. Here he is asking the obvious questions. Play nine. How is it possible when I've spent sixty, eighty thousand dollars on the back of the restaurant and the front of the restaurant to provide the seats and the heaters and complied with the city ordinance and was just about to reopen? No tents. This is not tented. This is outside with air flowing. I'm shut down. And right across the street is a big box retailer with food services, vending machines and open service courts inside the store, providing food inside of a big box. Walls around it. And you could argue to me that they have HEPA filters. I know with certainty they don't. So you're telling me the viral load in the outside of my restaurant is higher than the viral load inside of the big box, which is enclosed? That's ridiculous. And there's no science claim on this. You, you, people are making accommodative science statements. How can outside be less safe Then inside, you heard Gottlieb himself on your own air just moments ago talking about eating in restaurants outside with a mask on. So now I as a shareholder have to go bankrupt and all the employees I have have to be laid off for the third time. This is totally unfair. This is just Los Angeles. And by the way, it's not just L.A. How come I can be open in Miami in the same chain? I would love to see Fauci. Trying to explain that one. I know he's not making the decision. It's Los Angeles. Why can't he tell them not to do this? He'll weigh in on things whenever he feels like it. Do this, do that. Open schools. Don't open schools. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Don't breathe too much. This guy's got lots of opinions about what the public should be doing all the time. Why isn't he telling? But but didn't have an opinion about how schools should be open, even though all the data always, always not only supported that, proved that schools were effectively zero risk to children and not not only zero risk to children, but that children don't transmit this very easily at all to adults, if at all. That's what we actually have seen in schools. Fauci wouldn't speak up on that. Why doesn't want doesn't want the Democrats and the teachers unions not to like him. Oh, but he's nonpartisan. If you think Fauci's nonpartisan, uh, honestly, you know, you should, somebody should go watch MSNBC because they're just not smart enough to handle reality. Does anyone have an answer to what? Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary's talking about there? No, they do not. They, they don't even pretend to have an answer. They have, they have no idea, right? They just say, well, that's what the people in charge are saying. Really? Really? Yeah. This is where we are. Not, not even offered up any answers. I wonder if Kevin O'Leary will get, uh, if he puts some of this stuff out there, if he'll get shadow banned on social media. By the way, the social media companies are doing great, aren't they, during this? Amazon's doing great. Washington Post doing great. All these, a lot of these companies, they're not laying off people. They're not worried. Who's voiceless in all of this? The small business owner, the independent American, the worker, the person who's still driving his truck or the, you know, the woman who's still at the grocery store, at the pharmacy. They're still doing their jobs. Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've got a terrible take from Obama and a good take from Obama, believe it or not. Just just bear with me. I should say an accurate take. So I've got an inaccurate and an accurate take from Obama. Here's the inaccurate one. Play five. 
This comes up every December. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. Yeah, I agree. No, It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie. That's right. Charlie Brown Christmas is a Christmas that's, movie. That's right. Die Hard is an action flick that yep. happens to involve tangentially Christmas. This is unbelievable. This is, this is the best interview I've ever done. Die Hard is clearly a Christmas movie. I don't know why we keep coming back to this every year. The whole thing takes place Christmas Eve. Okay? It doesn't get more Christmassy than that. There are Christmas trees. Ho, ho, ho. I've got a machine gun, too. It's a Christmas movie. But so Obama's wrong about that. He's right, however, about this. And this is really important for everyone to understand as we're looking at the election results and trying to get answers, trying to get a signature audit in Georgia. Why aren't we seeing more action from Republican office holders in some of these states? What is wrong with them? I, I really ask that. I'm wondering what what the, what do they think they're doing? Most of the Republican Party thinks this election was stolen. They think that there was cheating. If they if, if Republican officials believe that it was not stolen, if they think there was not, in fact, cheating, they should be helping to prove that they should be assisting those who are trying to get uh, answers here that they shouldn't be doing all of this nonsense the way that they're doing it right slowing things down making things harder for everybody it's it's absurd it is absurd so that's i I want answers here but anyway obama said this about the Georgia special election for the Senate seats. I watched the debate with Leffler and Warnock. I'll tell you about it in a, in, a, in a bit, but I mean, you know, not a particular. Warnock is a radical left wing guy. No surprise. Basically a, a well-spoken socialist. And yeah, that's what you've got. And Kelly Leffler, you know, is, I think, somebody that I align with ideologically on a lot of stuff. She's not bursting with charisma. I'm just going to speak honestly about this. But, you know, she's good. She's solid. Be solid in the Senate. Better than Warnock. I don't know what else to say. And here you go with with uh, Obama. Pointing out just what the stakes are here. Play 22. The special election in Georgia is going to determine ultimately the course of the Biden presidency and whether Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can deliver legislatively all the commitments they've made. Yeah, he's telling the truth. This Senate election is essential. It's essential. Think of this Senate election as the as the firewall. Think of this as the last line of defense against the leftist socialist lunacy. If we lose the Senate, if they have unrestricted, unrestricted uh, control of government or rather uncontested control of government, uh, we are in for a very difficult period. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about it other than, you know, get in the trench, put your helmet on and you know hope that you make it through the shelling. I mean, it's going to be bad. If Biden somehow still manages and I, you know what, I don't even care. People have been telling me, Buck, doesn't matter what the percentages are. You say we're in the fight, so we're in the fight. You know what? I think that's fair. I agree. Who long shot or not? I was just saying that so that people could psychologically prepare. But I, I understand that that uh, 
that critique. I always want the team to tell me what they think. I mean, I, I'm here to serve you, the audience. I always want to know. And if you if you want me to say, look, you, you're saying we're in this fight, you know, a coach before the big game doesn't say, you know, we're eight to one underdogs, but go out there and have a great game. I agree. That's fair. That's fair. So we're going to fight this thing to the end. That said, you still make preparation. That's a different thing. That's not setting yourself up for failure. That's just being smart. And that's really fighting two contests, two battles at the same time. You know, even if you're even if you're outmatched in one contest, you don't go into another one saying, well, you know, we can't focus on this. This Georgia Senate situation is essential. It's essential. And Obama knows it because there's only so much that Joe Biden will be able to do by executive order. And the Republican Party has no stomach for this great reset idea. The Democrats are increasingly going to be running with build back better is really now just a code word for the Great Reset. Right? Build back better. What they mean by that is use this crisis as an opportunity to push things that they couldn't normally get the American people to go along with and to use executive order, kind of like what they do with COVID, instead of normal legislative process to get it. But if they have the legislative branches too, disastrous stuff, disastrous. As evidenced by the fact that they think that having John Kerry as the climate czar He's perfect for that job. John, John Kerry is a, a, an empty suit with a big bank account courtesy of his wife that just kind of wanders around with this very pompous tone. And it's such a joke. God doesn't know anything about anything. But he speaks good French. So when he sits down to talk to people, yeah, they're impressed. The journos are impressed with him. He's an internationalist. He goes to Martha's Vineyard. He's got a yacht. You know, you can trust him. He's not a socialist, really. How many super rich socialists do we have to see throughout history before we realize that it's actually a religious belief masquerading as an economic system and that the people that want it are invariably the people that want it the most and push it the hardest are invariably those who believe or know they will not be ruined by it. Classic John Kerry. Or limousine liberalism, you can either way, same idea, same thing. But I, I need to know, I need to know why we can't have a signature audit in Georgia. Why Raffensperger isn't going along with this. And I also need to know why everyone thinks that the Pennsylvania, I shouldn't say everyone, but why... Anyone should say that Pennsylvania is not a completely legitimate legal challenge. They held an election in violation of law. They violated the election process to have an election. That's a problem. How do you certify a state like Pennsylvania when they didn't go through the rules change uh, necessary to actually do what they did? They just decided that they're going to do it. The Pennsylvania Secretary of State just said, oh, we're going to do it my way. It's not how it's supposed to go. Unac unacceptable. But now we're going to see also the real stress test on all this will be whether the economy, uh, whether the economy is able to continue on in a Biden administration, even with these socialists and these uh, leftists, because I think what you may eventually see here is a recognition 
that Joe Biden, yeah, it's going to be business as usual for big business, but the engine of the American economy is small business and they're going to be decimated here. But that's that's just more of a more of a prediction down the line. And it's so sad because I think there are a lot of people that have been brainwashed by the media into thinking that Trump didn't do a great job with the economy. And that's why this election is even in the position it's in right now, um, because the media has been so able to. So so you have a stress test of the economy. You also have a stress test of the system where you're going to you're going to get to the Supreme Court. And they may just refuse or maybe they'll refuse to take it, which is the same thing as refusing to do the right thing. And it's just because people are so worried that the libs, the crazy libs are going to burn the country down if they don't get their way. That's what we're dealing with now. The mass hysteria and near universal Democrat temper tantrum that the country will go through just isn't worth it. I worry there are people that think that that's all the rationalization, all the justification they need to ignore these legal challenges and to just pretend that everything we've seen here is fine. It's not. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Let us be clear. What we have right now are people suffering in a way economically that we have not seen since the Great Depression. Hunger is at an all-time high in recent years. You have tens of thousands of people facing eviction. You got over 90 million people who are uninsured or underinsured. And what the American people want, they understand that in the midst of this crisis, through no fault of their own, because of their pandemic, the economy is in shambles. And they are asking the United States Congress to help them. At the very least, what we should be doing is continuing that $1,200 payment to every working class adult in this country, plus $500 for their children. Now, why aren't we seeing help? I mean, we'll just go beyond right now pointing fingers about why the economy is in such uh, difficult shape for people. Remember, the, one of the issues you have right now is the overall economy is still continuing. A lot of people are work from home and a lot of businesses have been able to adapt. But there is a large segment of America. People that work in the service industry, people that you know, have to show up people that are in any way tied to theme parks or movie theaters or anything. There's a large segment of America that is getting a a totally raw deal in this situation. And they haven't been receiving. The government has effectively shut down their businesses on the claim that it's necessary for public health. And I won't even get into how true or not true or how accurate or not accurate those predictions are. The government's done that. And now has failed to give them the assistance that they deserve from the government. Why is that? Well, we know the the answer is Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. The answer is the left wing lust for power is more powerful than their desire to help people who are in a very bad spot right now. You know, you see once every couple of weeks now, you'll see a story about a massive Food lines. These people are are newly in difficult circumstances for the most part. Right. We haven't we didn't see these food lines a year ago, not stretching on for miles and miles. It's because of the lockdowns. It's because of the decisions made by government to shut down businesses that this is as as bad as it is. And people that would say, oh, but Buck, nobody would do. It's not the government. Yeah, really? 
because in Florida, they have the businesses open and people are still going to them and they're not worse off than these other states where everything is closed. Oh, I, I'm going to get fact checked on that one. Oh, get the fact checkers on me. Maybe I can shut it down. Can't say that, Buck. Not allowed. We're, we're, we've hired some team of idiots somewhere that you don't get to confront, that you don't get to debate, who get to shut you down. Hmm. Just look at the numbers yourself. It's all published. Look at the, the CDC numbers for New York, California, and Florida. Florida is open for business. Which state would you rather be in right now? Exactly. So they talk about, Bernie Sanders rightly talks about the suffering that people have, but doesn't understand the role that Democrats have played. It's the role the Democrats have have had in all of this, uh, or rather won't talk about that role. And Nancy Pelosi, worst of all, Pelosi still goes around acting like she has the interests of the people at heart here, that she really cares. Play 11. We have the time to do it. It doesn't. It, 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 and again, we want to have it on the omnibus. We have to have an omnibus. And we're hoping that that will accelerate the discussions on the omnibus. We are going to keep government open. You know, we're not going to have a continuing resolution, but we need to take the time to do that. And then, as I said, we saw a framework. They're putting a, now they have to turn it into text. And then, so we'll take the time we need and we must get it done. And we must get it done by uh, this before we leave. Pelosi has allowed millions, perhaps tens of millions of Americans to suffer, to be unable to pay their bills, to be despondent at home without jobs or watching as their business just day by day gets closer and closer to complete collapse and closure. If they're not already there, she's put millions of people through that because she wants more stuff from Republicans that Republicans don't want to give her. I, I repeat it because it bears repeating. She is holding covid relief hostage that is the game she has been playing and she should be held to account for this but she's never really held to account because she's an ultra limousine liberal who runs in a left-wing you know chardonnay socialist district in san francisco and she can get away with this because she's sticking it to republicans the suffering of the people is a small price to pay in pelosi's mind as long as it means that she has leverage against republicans that's what she thinks. That's her approach. And you can tell she gets a little a little snippy when it's pointed out that she's waited up till now on covid relief. Why did she wait? W what really has been gained in this? Now, a lot of suffering. She thinks that she gained leverage over the Republicans, but people are now understanding. Oh, so you just wanted something and people had to suffer as a result. Here she is not not liking it when people come to the obvious conclusion here. Play 10. Months ago, when you said I'm not going to accept half a loaf. Let me tell you something. Now, don't, don't characterize what we did before as a mistake, as a preface to your question, if you want an answer. That was not a mistake. It was a decision, and it has taken us to a place where we can do the right thing without other, shall we say, considerations in the legislation that we don't want. Now, that is it. Don't you dare ask a question that comes to the or, or at least uh, raises the obvious conclusion here that Pelosi was P Pelosi was playing games with with people's futures knowingly didn't matter, didn't care. You know, what was one of the big things that she's wanted all along here. All this mail in ballot stuff. 
It's about Democrat power, friends. You suffer. You're not getting checks now if you lost your job or your business is shut down, whether it's your business or you work for a business that's shut down. You're not getting checks now from the federal government that you deserve. It would be as if the government was siphoning money out of your checking account, promising to put it back and didn't do it. Okay, it's like they put a lien on your house that they're not supposed to. And now they're supposed to pay it off and they won't do it. Right. They've taken this action against you. They have hurt you and they're not fulfilling their end of the bargain. And it's Nancy Pelosi that's insisting that they not fulfill the bargain. And this is what's brought us to this current moment. It's the Democrats who have blocked this aid. Why? It was going to be good for Trump. And they knew this going into the election if people were getting checks. It showed government action. It showed that there was a, a, a reasonableness in all of Trump's approach on COVID at the federal level. And it also would have made people feel more uh, promising about the future. They would have felt more optimistic about where the country was going. So Pelosi knew that she could either make them bend the knee and give her all this list of goodies or the American people get to be more miserable and therefore more likely to just vote against whoever's in charge, even though the reason they're being made more miserable is Nancy Pelosi. That's what we have seen happening. That is the reality of what is going on right now in American politics. And that journos can just barely even begin to get the question out before Nancy starts shrieking at them. Tells you everything you need to know. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on out west? Uh, We've got Congressman Andy Biggs to answer that question. California on lockdown. Arizona's got COVID problems plus election problems. Let's ask the congressman about his home state as well as what he sees happening nationally. Congressman Biggs, thanks so much for joining us. Buck, it's always good to be with you. So let's start with what you see happening here. The hypocrisy around the lockdowns affecting some businesses, not others. It finally seems people are, are catching on to this being arbitrary. First, what do you see happening with some of these responses to uh, the economy and to small and what it's doing to small business nationally and and in your home state of Arizona? Well, uh, with regard to small business, um, uh, what you see is you're going to see some businesses uh, can make it and they're going to thrive um, for whatever reason. Maybe maybe their businesses has uh, not been uh, one of the ones crushed. Uh, And some of these lockdowns have been very targeted. See whether it's a bar, whether it's a, a restaurant, whether it's a gym, and um, I thought uh, we have a gym owner in Arizona, for instance, and the Department of Health Services coming to shut his down his business. He's been hit with forty criminal complaints uh, because he refuses to close down. He says because I'm being targeted, and he said there's and, and the, uh, there's no evidence that his gym has ever even caused a single case of COVID spread. So you you have that type of thing going. You can go down Main Street, you can go into your malls, and you're going to see, you know, half the businesses are closed, and that's what's going on. You're seeing restaurants close and fold, and and many restaurants, just the nature of the business, are not going to make it anyway. This has made it tougher for them, and then you throw in the hypocrisy on top of that. Um, and then and then we're only focusing on business. Don't forget all the mental health issues, all the educational. 
uh, development issues that are happening for kids that are being delayed. So lots of problems as a result of the, the approach that uh, these tyrants have taken. Why isn't Arizona taking a more Florida approach? Well, it, it, you know, you, you're familiar with what's going on at this. I know you're not in the state legislature, you're in Congress. But what's the what's the holdup on that? Why can't they? I mean, especially given some of the similarities in weather, are, are they are they considering? Have they considered uh, following in the footsteps of Governor Ron DeSantis a little bit here, or they just refuse? Well, the uh, it's all up to the governor uh, and the governors. I mean, Governor DeSantis has a very different approach than uh, the governor of Arizona, and. And right now, uh, legislate, the legislature in Arizona has been out of session for many months now. And they can't call them back in, themselves back in because the, uh, the Constitution doesn't allow it. It requires two-thirds supermajority to go back in, or the governor's got to call them. And the governor is, in my opinion, uh, exceeding the bounds of the emergency powers that were already in statute for him. And uh, that's a dangerous precedent, number one. Number two... It's also dangerous and difficult for people now, and uh, you know what? We've had there's a lot of court cases that have gone on, and they continue to go on in the fight. But I don't know really what's driving this governor. Um, but I'm 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 not pleased. Of course, I'm very disappointed by it. Talking to Congressman Andy Biggs of of Arizona, Congressman, you've been you've been willing to at least ask questions and and sometimes. Uh, push back a little bit on the I keep telling everybody all you have to know about the covid consensus is that it changes every two weeks about what we're how well we're doing, what we should be doing, what the science says. The science is absolute for two weeks at a time. And then and then it tends to adjust depending on on where we are. Uh, What what do you think the the Trump administration uh, right now should be doing? I mean, what what could be done to try to get people their their freedoms back, their individual liberty back. I mean, when we're seeing out in California, Hollywood and connected businesses, big box stores are getting very different treatment. Never mind, of course, churches in the state of California than small businesses. Uh, this just seems like a place where the federal government could and should step in. Yeah, so I got I've got two points. Number one, I've been very uh, uh, bullish on how President Trump has tried to keep the federal government from intervening in the states as they uh, govern themselves. I think that's important. I'm still there, but I do think we've reached a point, well, and I thought this quite some time ago, actually, where the civil rights are being violated of, of, of individuals. And where civil rights are being violated, that's when the Department of Justice would step in and should step in um, and, and bring the lawsuits necessary to assure that everybody can maintain their civil rights. And we and we just haven't seen that. Our DOJ has been asleep at the wheel here, and um, that's that's where I think we should be. I would I would encourage the president con- to continue to use the bully pulpit, which he's done uh, pretty effectively. Um, but I think I, I I think if we're going to watch the rights of citizens be taken away, then then why would we ever provide bailout money? I mean, we should never have provided bailout money because you've seen the corruption that's resulted from that. But why should we uh, provide more bailout money when states are going to continue to abuse the rights of individuals and they're going to suck it out? It's like giving money. It's like giving foreign aid. None of us want to give foreign aid. Why? Because we know that the uh, the oligarchs of whatever country we're giving it to are going to siphon money off the top. Speaking to Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona, Congressman, your state 
is very much still on the minds of uh, Americans all across the country, at least those of us who have questions about this election. And as you know, there are many who believe outright that that there was widespread fraud still and they want answers. What do you think about the uh, the era the Arizona role in all of this right now? We've had certified results. We had those hearings with uh, with Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, the rest of the Trump legal team. And they seem to be raising some some troubling questions. Can you tell us what do you think is going on here? Well, I think the questions and when they came to Arizona and had their hearing, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, A lot of uh, a lot of direct evidence and particularized evidence came out. And there's literally hundreds of affidavits. And what we're seeing is our governor won't call anybody back into a special session. I think it's kind of symbolic that that uh, he chose to uh, at the same time that hearing was going on with the with the trump attorneys he he went in and had a had a session to certify the the election at that very same hour so it's kind of a symbolic i think that he's not going to help but but the reality is mo- many in the state legislature are rallying around and they're trying to get a, a forensic audit done so you can find out what went on with the machines on the back end on the front end with the software and also on the front end with the affidavits and the and the ballots there's there's evidence of literally thousands of of people uh, or ballots being cast by people who don't exist or and from uh, residences that that don't exist so i mean and that's in arizona so uh, i i think the the legislature is trying to push this through the rank and file members of the legislature they're having trouble because the because the governor won't help him. And well, the, can you explain we, this to me, Congressman? I don't mean to interrupt you, but just I mean, the Washington yeah. Post headline from earlier today, Arizona legislature closes after Giuliani spent two days with maskless GOP. Is it was it was open and now it's, what's going on? No, so when they say the, the legislature is closed, they're just talking about the building, the physical building itself. I mean, that's just a silly, misleading headline. Yes, they, they closed the building down. But that doesn't mean that they can't do work. They're not in session now. But what they what they can do is they can move, move into interim committees. They can try to to, to push forward and get some subpoenas to uh, to bring people in and get more evidence and really uh, get after it. But I mean, this notion that that the legislature is closed because of the COVID they've been they've been out of session for months. Um, uh, what what that means, I suppose, is that the building is closed. Congressman, do you do you believe that there was there was substantial fraud in the Arizona uh, component of the of the federal election? I do. I do. And 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 but what we get back to is what I'm talking about. So, first of all, we know that in Maricopa County, for instance, uh, two thirds of the uh, of a, a certain batch of ballots, which totals well over 300,000, were opened without a Republican observer being there. To make sure that everything was was according to to the rules, that's a violation of law. Uh, should never have happened. We know that there were um, somewhere in the neighborhood eight to ten thousand uh, ballots cast by people uh, who don't exist or from residents that don't exist. We know that you have the the affidavit, which is the envelope that a returned ballot, and you have nearly two million of those. Not all of those, is, the testimony has been so far, is that not all of those had the signatures verified. Um, so you not only want to verify the signature, you want to verify who's voting. So there are, there are places to go, and I just, I just literally a few hours ago spoke to um, 
a fellow from another state uh, uh, who is in a leadership position in that state who said they have their cyber people believe that they have found the um, feature which caused vote switching uh, in Dominion uh, software and machines. And so there there is not just indicia, indicia anymore. There are affidavits. There are there is testimony of witnesses. We're ready to move into a full-blown investigation, and we're being denied that. Congressman, before we let you go, we're speaking to Congressman Annie Biggs from Arizona's 5th District. Uh, Congressman, you've obviously shed a lot of light on what's happening in Arizona, and it's fascinating that the media is so, is just, it seems like intentionally dis- misleading about uh, what's going on there. But in, in states like Arizona, Georgia, people bring up, why are there some Republican state officials who seem so hesitant to just even do the basic investigation or do the give the basic due process to all the voters who cast their votes for Trump. I, I know at some level this might just be me asking you to look at the motivations of others, but can can you come up with why are they doing that? Well, you know, because people keep saying, well, in, in Georgia, for example, you've got a Republican governor, you've got a Republican-controlled uh, state legislature, Arizona is thought of as a as a red state as well. What's going on with these GOP officials who don't seem to want answers? You know, I, 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 I don't understand their motivations. They've never said why they don't want to do this. I, I think two things. Number one, they immediately went into a defensive mode. As soon as people started saying, well, this just can't be right, before there was even any evidence, they immediately stepped out and said, no, no, this was perfect, this is great, blah, blah, blah. And I think they took a defensive point of view and instead of walk, being willing to walk it back and say but but you know what we think it was great and i told them i've i've told many of them this it's even if you think it was great and perfect there are many people not just in arizona but around the country that think it wasn't great and perfect and there is indicia and there's evidence so if you do a forensic audit and it turns out to, that you were right that everything was perfect you're going to come off like a champ if it comes off and we find out that there was fraud, whether it's systemic fraud or anything else, guess what? You still come off looking like a champ because you've discovered uh, uh, a fraud in our election. You can't lose doing this. And I, so, so it's been so difficult for me to understand what their motivations may be, Buck. It just doesn't make sense to me. Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman, great to have you as always, sir. Thanks again. Thank you, Buck. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Including Governor Newsom, San Francisco Mayor London Breed, disregarding their own coronavirus restrictions, even as they told your fellow Californians to do the opposite. Does that kind of behavior undermine their credibility as they try to prevent the virus from spiraling out of control in California? Well, I certainly think those were unfortunate mistakes, and each of those elected officials have held themselves accountable and apologized, but I don't think that is that is sufficient in terms of a mixed message. I think that we have to be much stronger in California and the rest of the country in really putting out accurate public health information. You know, if this had been done in the first place, I don't believe that we would be approaching a holiday season with over 270,000 lives that have been lost. And my heart goes out to all of those families that have to go through the holidays with empty chairs. So much said here that's just makes no sense. 
it's Congresswoman Karen Bass from California here with fake Tapper doing what he did. once once a month. He asks uh, not a heart, just a question of a Democrat. And then we're all supposed to say, oh, my gosh, fake Tapper. He's so honest. He's such an honest journo. Look at him. He asked a real one real question Then he can go back to you know writing checks to the DNC and giving them at least in kind contributions. If he's not writing checks, that's what his journalism, his so-called journalism is. Uh, but Karen Bass, notice she says that they've these elected officials have held themselves accountable, <laughs> held themselves accountable. She says that with a straight face. Oh, yeah, I get caught doing something embarrassing. So I go, sorry about that. That's a that's accountability. Oh, yeah. Businesses are getting huge fines, getting shut down. But accountability is whoopsie. You guys caught me. So, yeah, my bad. That's that's Democrat version of accountability, of, of course. But but even more interesting to me is, is her idea here that if only we had gotten out public health information sooner and better, if only we had uh, had done that, everything would be better now. What what public health information do we have now that's out there? You know, what has changed now and where we were nine months ago? If anything, we've learned that the virus is now I'm comparing it to nine months ago. So I know the third party fact checking totalitarians, they're going to get this wrong. But nine months ago, we thought this virus was actually more lethal. And we thought we were in worse shape treating it. And we had uh, didn't know what the mortality rate was going to be for children, for the young. So we were in a worse place and we were being given all this advice and all this stuff. Um, and then. Here we are now finding out that it's actually not as bad as we had anticipated in that regard. Yes, the death count is high. It is very this is a disease that is a serious risk to the elderly. That is the truth. It is not a a a major risk to people who are under under 50 for sure. And that's a large segment of the population that is that effectively entirely acceptable risk level from the virus. But Congresswoman Bass here says if we'd gotten public health information out sooner, we'd be better off. no. There's no reason to believe that's true. California was over the summer when, for whatever reason, they seem to have a pretty low caseload holding itself up as a model. Its citizens were doing a great job. They were all so good about masking and distancing and all this. What are they saying now? All of a sudden, when the flu season and when indoor is, is more common, now they've gotten bad at that because they don't believe it anymore. They can't answer the questions, my friends, because they don't have answers. That's what we all need to know. That's what we all need to understand. And they're just telling you nonsense. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. What are your concerns about Christmas, Dr. Fauci? My concerns, John, are the same thing of the concerns that I had about Thanksgiving, only this may be even more compounded because it's a longer holiday. With Thanksgiving, you know, it was just the end of the week, and then you go back to work the next week. With Christmas, it starts several days before. It goes through Christmas, the week after Christmas, into New Year's and the New Year's holiday. I think it could be even more of a challenge than what we saw with Thanksgiving. So I hope that people realize that and, and understand that as difficult as this is, nobody wants to modify, if not essentially shut down 
their holiday season. But we are in a very critical time in this country right now. We've got to not walk away from the facts and the data. This is tough going for all of us. Can't walk away from the data, Fauci says. What, what, what is his advice? Wash your hands, social distance. I mean, really, that's it, folks. Mask up, social distance, wash your hands. That's it. That's all he's got for you. And hope that the vaccine comes as soon as possible. That's all we've, that's all we've got from this guy. Even Dr. Burks now, who in, in the beginning sounded a little less apocalyptic, even Dr. Burks was, uh, seems to have gone over to the ma- masks are the only thing we've got for you guys. So uh, that's what we're just going to keep saying. Play 12. But I want to be very frank to the American people. The vaccine's critical, but it's not going to save us from this current surge. Only we can save us from this current surge. And we know precisely what to do. So if you have loved ones that you want to protect, you have to follow these guidelines now. So explain this to me. Explain this to me. If we follow the guidelines, this goes away. Well, what is it? If we follow the guidelines, how much of a reduction will we see? Do they have any idea? How what does this works look like? And then let's line that up against how long do we expect before just the cases reach their maximum and start to recede? Because that's what the virus is doing. And anybody, anybody want to try this? This thing that these public health officials are telling you, it, it's a lot of it driven by panic. And it's because people are realizing that they can't actually do very much. The public health officials can't do very much to help us. In fact, you could really argue that a lot of what they've said and done has made things worse. You could certainly argue that. Oh, get the fact checkers on me. They could make things worse. The only thing that we know will stop this virus. And this is true. I mean, short of a vaccine, of course. But the only thing that we know in the, in the interim that will stop this virus is if we stop human contact. Stop going out. If you avoid human beings, and I mean entirely, the, the virus will not spread. That is true. That is that is science. But we can't do that. We won't do that. So we keep going. We keep going in circles with this. You're still going to go to the store. You're still going to have some essential workers and some people doing things. You're still going to have people who are going to see each other who are you know, going to socialize with other human beings. It's going to happen. And the virus will continue to spread. So this this idea that if only we listened, we would all be safe and this would go away. I, I think this is just it's just nonsense. At least if they're being total extremists and just telling you to stay home, stay indoors, don't see anybody. That's an accurate thing. I mean, that would certainly bring the virus down. But what they don't tell you is that if we did that, Guess what? When we stop doing that, what happens? The virus spreads. The virus spreads again. So this whole, oh, just two weeks, just two weeks, just do this thing, just, just, just. And, you know, this hospital capacity, the same, you could run the, the same stories you're seeing before. ICUs are regularly at 90% of capacity in a lot of major hospital systems in a lot of cities across the country. They can't staff and maintain ICUs at 30 or 20 percent capacity because they're going to lose a ton of money. It's like a plane and an airline, right? Do airlines like to fly a lot of flights with nobody on them? No, 
They try to set up the flight so that the planes are basically full all the time. Efficient usage of resources. The same principle applies to ICUs, to intensive care units and hospitals. They have to have a special, special nurses and they have the doctors assigned to them. They have to have beds. They have to have equipment. They don't keep they don't keep ICU at a major hospital operating at 10 percent capacity. Think about that. That would mean they have 90 percent staffed ICU beds. So if you actually, if you actually look at the data, we're not overwhelmed. They might have to ramp up and go to expansion capacity, but that's why they have expansion capacity. So this is just this is more fear mongering you see in the media. This is more, you know, don't pay attention to what's actually happening. Don't pay attention to what you can learn and know about this. Allow them to terrify everybody. And then you got uh, Dr. Wen, um, who was kicked out of I think she was the head of Planned Parenthood. And she's on CNN. now. She's the head of Planned Parenthood. And they got rid of her because she wasn't enough of an abortion extremist. I mean, to be the head of Planned Parenthood now, you have to think that abortion is this wonderful thing that should be, which is the most, I mean, morally barbaric and horrific position imaginable. But that's what they do. And the Democrat Party is completely tied in with this. I mean, it is a stain on the Democrat Party's uh, conscience and on its morality that that will I, I, I hope in future generations, they'll look back on this and think, how could the Democrats have been so barbaric and evil? about abortion but i don't i don't know if, i don't know how long it'll be before we get there it will the day will come here you go with dr win formerly a plant parent telling everybody cancel everything play 16 I'm also deeply concerned about deaths going up. At some point, we're going to be surpassing 3,000 deaths per day, maybe even 4,000 deaths per day. Our surge right now is intensifying. It is amplifying. And I hope that people realize that hospitals are the last line of defense. The first line of defense is the community. And we really need everyone to do their part to flatten the curve. And that means, of course, wearing a mask, keeping physical distancing, but also so critically at this point, avoiding indoor gatherings. Anyone who has not canceled their plans yet for Christmas and the new year should cancel their travel plans and absolutely not gather indoors with anyone who's not in their immediate family. Actually, that might be a different Dr. Wen than the one who ran Planned Parenthood. Producer Mark, I got I to check on that one. Um, same spelling of the name. And I, I thought that she was a CNN uh, analyst or contributor, but it actually might just be a different doctor. Dr. Wen. So anyway. Same idea. That doesn't matter, right? Sorry, I got it. I'm just saying I got a whole Planned Parenthood rant just because I think Planned Parenthood is barbaric, uh, but that might not apply to this doctor. I don't know. I only have the audio. I don't have her, uh, the video. Um, is that was it? Doctor was. I mean, I, here I can check. Uh, you know, we can we can find out so I know because I think that's important. Um, yes, it is. No, I'm sorry. It was doc. Wait, no. Is it different? It's just tough to know. Uh, I give up. I give up. Anyway, I don't know. I can't, I can't figure out. It's the same name. Uh, could be wrong. We'll figure it out. I'll find out. I'll tell you guys tomorrow. I don't have time to go too deep into the. So so put a hold on. That. And the point is, they're saying cancel all your plans. All the, all the rest of the stuff doesn't is not really relevant. There's a kid saying cancel all your plans. You know, and I, I went out to a restaurant on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. So risky. I'm a daredevil. I went out to a restaurant on Saturday. And it's just the whole thing is 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 bizarre you know they have this they've got these servers 
We're all masked up and gloved up. You're indoors, but we're all sitting there masked down eating. And if you get up to go to the bathroom, you have to put a mask back on. They won't hand you a menu because if you touch a menu, you're going to get infected, right? So you got to do this. Read the menu with your phone. You got to stare at your phone. But you're sitting there. They've got these plastic barriers between the tables as if that someone someone here. Here's some more questions. Oh, I got more questions. There is some belief now and some studies to support that very high grade air filters may be helpful in reducing transmission inside certain spaces. Right. There's some belief that that's the case. If an air filter in one part of a large indoor space might help protect you from the virus. Does anybody really believe that wearing a bandana around your face alone would be enough to do anything? Think about what that's saying. It's that it's freely circulating in the air. It's not about because an air filter is just like in the corner of a room, let's say. That means that it's just the air that's in the room and the virus is freely circulating. If the filter in the corner is protecting you, do you think that the mask that you wear when you're five feet away from away from somebody really makes any difference? I mean, that, that, that's telling you that it's, it's just freely circulating in the air around you. It's not about direct. It's not about droplet transmission directed at you. It's just about what's in the air around you. Right. I mean, I, I'm just thinking this thing through. I'm not I, I'm asking questions. But yes, so I'm at this restaurant. They have these plastic barriers because that's the virus can't go up six inches over the over the plastic barrier. It, it sees the plastic barrier and goes, whoa, that's way too much work. That's way too much effort. And, and then at the end of the night, it's it's 10 o'clock. I got the restaurant, you know, around close to eight. It's 10 o'clock. 10.01, they come around to everyone's table. We, you have to leave right now. They're not mean about it. I, I'm not blaming the restaurant at all, by the way. I have no it's uh, I understand restaurants are being forced to do all this. Their businesses are being destroyed. I got no problem with these restaurants. I got a problem with the idiotic government mandates like shut down at 10 o'clock. Really? We could sit there for two hours, but it's that last 15 minutes when I'm you know, finishing my souffle or whatever that I can't. That's the real risk period. Idiocy. This is idiocy. And everybody knows it who thinks about it. But people are scared and there's so much cowardice in our intellectual class, so-called intellectual class and our information workers. So much cowardice. It's outrageous. Outrageous. Oh, so I'm just telling you, don't you if you go to them and you listen to them and you do what they tell you. Uh, you know, you're going to have a very unmerry Christmas, that's for sure. Here's Dr. Salawi, who's the uh, guy very involved in the in the uh, Operation Warp Speed and the getting the vaccine out. Even he, you know, even people that are that are, uh, you know, working for the Trump administration, well, obviously, Dr. Fauci. I mean, look, all these doctors are telling you to wear a, a, the 100 day mask mandate. They like this. Plate seven. President-elect Biden told me in an exclusive interview Thursday he's going to ask Americans to wear masks for his first 100 days in office. Do you think that's a good idea or is it too little too late? I think it's a good idea. It's never too late. It's uh, this pandemic is ravaging the country. We all need to take our precaution, have our masks, wash our hands, keep our distance, remain aware that this virus is a killer. We have a vaccine. There is light at the end of the tunnel, but we will not all have the vaccine in our arms before May or June. So we need to be very cautious and vigilant. Presidents like Biden uh, praise the fact that. A va- so. 
here's another thing that you have to think about. Notice how the, the health experts always say, we all have to do our part, wear a mask, comma, wash your hands, comma, social distance. The reason we're doing all of those things is because very clearly, any one of those things is, in, is entirely insufficient to protect you, right? Is, someone doesn't tell, tell me, Buck, get, the, get a measles vaccination, but then also wear a mask all the time and also wash your hands all the time to avoid measles. No, you got the vaccination, you're good. So I, I, I'm, I'm just saying there is an admission here that, for example, masking on its own is not even close to sufficient, obviously. Right. I, I noticed as well that, you know, Rudy Giuliani gets COVID uh, and, you know, God bless Rudy. And I hope he, he gets through this very quickly and he's fine. Uh, but Rudy gets this and it's all, oh, because he was at these things without a mask on. So when somebody who isn't always masked and isn't and, and is a Republican gets COVID, it's their fault. You see, that's what they but there are a million people in five days. How many of the million people do you think were wearing masks? Based on polling and based on the data that we have on compliance, 90% of them. 90% of people wearing masks, I'm sorry, 90% of people get, who got infected were mask wearers. Well, what does that tell you? How, how effective are these policies really? No, they don't want to hear it. No, don't stop asking questions. Bend the knee, do what you're told. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Let me begin by wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. Remember the word? Remember? We started five years ago and I said, you're going to be saying Christmas again. And we say it proudly again. Although they'll, they'll be trying to take that word again out of the vocabulary. We're not going to let them do that. I will, you know, if if we don't win this fight, and I and I've again, I'm not I'm not doing the percentages anymore because we're in this to win it, and we're fighting till the end. But if we don't win this fight, I will certainly miss just having a president who will say things like that. You know, we can say Merry Christmas. I hate this whole don't say these things to people. You know, I say Merry Christmas to Mark, knowing that producer Mark is not is not somebody who's celebrating Christmas per se. And he can say happy Hanukkah to me. And I know that these are exchanges of goodwill and and actually they're they're exchanges of inclusiveness. Right. Producer Mark, you don't get offended when I say Merry Christmas. No. Yeah. You're like, OK, thanks. Merry Christmas is like I'm celebrating Christmas and I wish you all the best during this period of celebration for me. When producer Mark says happy Hanukkah, Buck, I don't say, well, I don't have a menorah in my house. I say, great. Thank you. Hope you have a great Hanukkah, too. Like this is what normal happy, well-adjusted adults. This is how they interact with each other in society. So all this, the get rid of it, you know, you can't say Merry Christmas to people. It's offensive. It's not inclusive. No, it actually is inclusive because it's somebody expressing their good wishes and goodwill to someone else during a period that is, you know, religious for them. I'm not saying somebody else has to say, you know, it's not Merry Christmas. And they say, yes, and I am celebrating Christmas in return. Like, that's not how it goes. And with this Biden administration, if it happens, if it happens, you're going to have so much of the return of the culture war stuff and so much of this corporate diversity propaganda stuff all the time. Play 18. Look, it's each one of these uh, groups jobs to push, push their leaders to make sure there's greater diversity. Well, I can promise you is when this is all said and done, 
You see everyone that I've announced and who's going to be in the next several weeks, we'll have it all out there. You're going to see significant diversity. I'm not going to tell you now exactly what I'm going to do in any department, but I promise you, it'll be the single most diverse cabinet based on race, color, based on uh, gender that's ever existed in the United States of America. So no commitment on those spots? A commitment of what I just said will be the most diverse cabinet and the main spots in both White House as well as the cabinet positions. Here's a question I was wondering. What is diverse enough? When have you achieved sufficient diversity in any organization or place? I just want to know. Just, you know, notice that no one ever says that. What's enough diversity? Oh, they don't know. They like it to be this amorphous concept. Is it, is it the specific representation of of ethnic and and you know uh, identity groups, uh, gender groups, is is it specific identification as it is in the general population? The problem is is that's actually called the quota, and quotas are actually unconstitutional. Quotas are not allowed. But so so they always keep it amorphous. They keep it amorphous for a reason. They they can't tell you because they want to always continue this agitation for we, we were never diverse enough, and even if we got to the to a place where you have have direct representation as a, as a percentage within the population. That's a quota. That's a problem. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rock and roll, fellow patriots. We made ours go up to 11 It's time for Roll Call. Roll Call, everybody. Producer Mark, before we get to all the folks out there across across the country, how are you doing, man? How was the weekend? Good. How about yourself? Yeah, you know. I went out to dinner. It was nice. Saw some friends. Snow Princess had a lot of business school stuff, so I didn't really get to see much of her. But uh, I got to hang out with some friends and, uh, and, the, and the Frenchie. I had the Frenchie all weekend, little Tallulah, and uh, she's great. Uh, so that was pretty much, I was, it was a pretty lazy weekend for me, which was nice. Um, I, I enjoyed it and, uh, I'm getting like much better at call of duty. I will tell you, <laughs> like I'm not turning, I'm not turning into somebody who's getting good enough at call of duty that it's like, maybe I need to play less call of duty. That's where I, that, that's really the pandemic has pushed me to that point where I'm getting too good at some video games now. I mean, not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like one of these guys who could win tournaments or anything, but I, I'm now doing things on the Call of Duty screen where I'm like, I'm I'm a nerd now. Like, I'm actually, I've reached that point where it's not just like I'm running around bang, bang, and like having some silly fun. I'm like entering a, a level of tactical excellence in this computer, this this video game, not a computer game, uh, that makes me think that maybe I need to like get out more. So just saying. I mean, you could be doing a lot worse things with your time. Yeah, I will say this. Video games are a great, like, brain mush reliever. I mean, I have to do so much uh, content every day. That it's funny. People are always, and, and I do do a lot of reading, not just for, for day-to-day work, but also reading books to bring, an, uh, to bring additional background into what I'm doing here on the show. And so it, it is nice to just, what, like, what is, your, what is your version of when it's brain mush time? That would, it would be the same thing, playing some sort of video game. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Oh. 
Yep. All righty. Let's uh, let's see what we have here. Now we got some uh, roll call. To- oh, did you, any any interesting food or any any stories from the uh, producer Mark culinary adventures? No culinary adventures, but I have. Uh, I set up some new tech. I, I realize I really like dad tech. You have a bad? clue what that means? No, what is that? You know how like most dads just love interesting new technology. Yeah. I've, well, I got some great deals. I got a robot vacuum and a, and a seltzer maker. Oh, I've got a seltzer maker. Oh, they're great. Aren't they awesome? Huh. Yeah. I finally yeah. crossed the bridge into I have enough money to do stuff like this now. There we go. Huh. Well done. Yeah, man. No, seltzer maker is great. Game changer. The robot um, vacuum is very nice, too. I mean, to not have to vacuum yourself. I'm sure you don't. Oh, vacuum? No, I don't have, dude, I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, like a bachelor pad guy here. Like, I don't have a vacuum. I just, I've got a dog and, uh, what is that? It has nothing to do with a vacuum. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a broom somewhere. Um, yeah, so my floor could use a little work, actually. That's what I'm looking yeah. at. I'm looking at the floors I talk to you. I'm like, definitely some, what are the, do you call them a dust, uh, what is it? When, you know, when the things pile up as the little, uh, dust like, bunnies? Yeah, dust bunnies. You have, I those. got like dust. They're running all over the place. Uh, I, you seem like a type of person to use a cleaning service. If I had to guess. On occasion, uh-huh. what ends up happening is that always I'll have my mom or my sister over and they will just be like, um, your bathroom needs work. Meaning like, you know, and that's what I'm like, okay. And yeah, I mean, there are, there are these great, there are these great uh, uh, services in, in this. You can just use TaskRabbit too. Honestly, sometimes it's like the best, 70 bucks you'll ever spend oh. you know you'll just be like oh the whole the whole home is so clean all of a sudden if snow princess moves in she's gonna be very upset with your cleaning habits yeah she's way cleaner so that's how i would imagine so i'm hoping she can i'm hoping she could take care of that for us it's the opposite yeah. in my relationship i do all the cleaning you're the mrs mark is a yeah. little bit uh, less lax on, a little bit more lax on the cleaning yeah, i clean the whole apartment it's all me do you do you throw on like a little apron do you really get into it no gloves apron? no i'm just I am very anal retentive about cleaning. Like, it has to be perfect. She yeah. will help me sometimes, and I'm like, can you do it right? If you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Yeah, that's huh. important. It's important. All right, here we go. To the thoughts of the folks. Randy. Hey, Buck, I've got an idea. Let's agree to defund the police, beginning with the special bodyguards for all the politicians and bureaucrats who cost the most money and serve the least purpose followed by the so-called news media that only serves, pardon me, their own self-interest. Only let the police in place for the streets and the common people. That should save a small fortune. Uh, Randy, um, let me see here. Uh, Yeah, I see what you're saying, and I I know the point you're making, but uh, it's not going to happen, but your, your point is well taken, which is that a lot of the people who are big advocates of both defund the police and gun control, because those things tend to go together. So it's no police or totally different police, whatever that means. They don't even know. They just want to say that no police slash you're not allowed to have a firearm in a country with over 300 million guns currently in circulation over 300 million. I mean, there's so many guns, there are more guns than people in America, but you're not allowed to have a gun. That's what they want. Yeah, I think that's a problem. And especially when the people who do that have private security and all these other things in place. So, yeah. Jason writes, hey, Buck, just want to let you know that I first listened to your podcast back in March. I first heard you on a station out of Panama City Beach. 
Since then, I've listened to your podcast on Spotify. I listen to what I like to call the Killer Bees, Buck, Ben, and Bongino. Spotify notified me that you were my number one podcast of the year with 188 episodes listened to. Here's hoping to catch every show of 2021. Shields high. Jason, thank you so much. And uh, yes, uh, the, the the Killer Bees, I'm in great company there with uh, with two, two other guys who have got really, really great podcasts. So uh, thank you so much for... Uh, listening to my, I, I do appreciate that I'm number one of your choices. It's very kind of you. Um, and uh, yeah, I thank you. Please spread the word. And it's a great way to listen. As Bruce and Mark likes to point out, the iHeart app is also, our employer's app is also a great way to listen for those of you out there. Um, number one for podcasting. Number one for podcasts, yes. Uh, but Spotify is super easy if you're a Spotify person. We, I mean, first and foremost, I just want you to listen to the Buck Sexton show. So. Uh, and uh, Panama City Beach, man, I want to get down to the Panhandle really badly. I am going to be down in Florida uh, around the holiday, although I don't want to say that too. I don't want you know Cuomo or De Blasio to head me off at the pass and prevent me from getting down there. But producer Mark, I'm taking some. I'm going down to Florida for a few days. Well, that sounds lovely. I would do are the you, same if I could. Are you well? Couldn't you go in New Jersey? Couldn't you go to like the Jersey Shore? At least get some fresh air, hear some seagulls whenever you want. Yeah, I guess I could. It's just uh, my wife works in a healthcare setting, so I can't really leave the area because she can't quarantine. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, that's right. Mm. Uh, all right. Next up here, Eric Buck. Why shouldn't we make poll workers wear body cams? That way, we can see exactly what they're doing. Uh, Eric, I think the answer to that question, I understand. The first of all, I think there should be, there certainly should be surveillance cameras up in every poll working, a poll place, right? And I think a lot of them do, but this is so complicated because every state has its own, you know, there's a federal outcome of these elections with the presidency, obviously, but also members of Congress go to a federal body, the Congress. Uh, but states have their own way of doing things and they have a lot of their own rules and regulations. So I would say uh, the problem that they would raise with this, though, is, is just cost, you know, and and it would they'd say they don't have the money for this. Now, you could say, well, that's crap, but I'm just telling you that's what they would say. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, body camps. Think about this. All you need is people to be like, oh, I turned off my body cam and there'd be a huge controversy. But it's just a cost thing. They, they won't they won't spend the money. Leo Buck, you worked in law enforcement, right? Why aren't detectives talking to these Democratic poll cheaters and post office workers? Also, Wally is a great movie for adults. I'm 60 and saw it three times with my kids. You will enjoy it very much. Uh, well, Leo, first off, yeah, I, so I, I didn't, I wasn't, I was never a cop or a detective or a sergeant or anything like that. I was a CIA officer who spent a year at the NYPD, about 18 months really, at the NYPD working in the intelligence division as what they call a a uh, intelligence specialist. So I was effectively uh, a case manager and, um, you know, analyst for counterterrorism cases within the NYPD. So all the information would come in. I'd, I'd, I'd speak to the undercovers. I'd speak to the uh, confidential informants sometimes, depending or the detectives would do that and they would bring me back their um, their DD5s, their intel reports. I would look at all the reports. 
I take to the bosses. This is what we know. This is what we're seeing. So it was it was an analytic role. But I was in the NYPD. I was an employee of the NYPD for that period. So I spent a lot of time in and around law enforcement. And these were legal. We're bringing criminal cases. This was actual law enforcement work. It's different than the CIA where you're not actually trying to bring criminal cases. Uh, so that's the specifics of what I did there. And yet, but as to your point about why aren't they interviewing these people, I don't know. You know, you tell me. Uh, they should be. There's certainly reasonable suspicion to have a sit down and talk to some of these people. Producer Mark, have you watched uh, The Undoing yet, by the way? I saw that's the one on HBO, right? Yeah, everyone's talking about it. It's good. But you, it's it's a you and Mrs. Mark should watch. Like she'd like it too. It's it's a murder mystery kind of thing. Six episodes, pretty pretty low, uh, you know, low investment of time. Yeah, and definitely it's, it's on def- the list. Yeah, worth seeing. Worth seeing. I'm I'm up to speed on Mandalorian right now, and I'm just gonna say it: Mandalorian season two, the action sequences got kind of bad, and the writing is not as good. Just the storyline. The storyline is not as good. And the Mandalorian season one, one of the things that was so so good about it was that they took this Star Wars character and almost made they made him like a almost like a Delta Force operator of Star Wars. You know, he was he says, you know, weapons are my religion and he's so good with all these different weapons. And he kind of moved and and maneuvered in a way that gave a, a he almost was like a spec ops Star Wars character. And in season two, he's just running around pew, pew, pew with this little laser gun. It's way less. If you if those of you who have watched closely know I'm telling the truth. It's just much less gritty and uh, it's not not as good Mandalorian season two. And then the story, it's like everything is just, you know, he's got to go to this place. Oh, they try to steal baby Yoda. He's got to go to that place. Oh, they try to steal baby Yoda. It's like, what are we doing here, folks? You know, come on. You got to ask yourself. Oh, and as for Wally, I might. I might be able to check that one out. I don't know. I'll be looking. I'm definitely. Oh, man, I'm going to watch movies over the break. I'm going to just. Oh, gosh. It's going to be fantastic. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. More roll call. We got Kristen up here. She writes, hello. Hello, Kristen. I love listening to your show. You keep me company while I do chores at night, either on the podcast or on WTAQ in Wisconsin. I'm not one to usually write into shows, but your show tonight, Georgia on Our Mind, struck a chord with me. Wisconsin's governors had a mask mandate in place since August 1st. I went shopping earlier today, and for the first time since the mask mandate went into effect, did not wear a mask. Then I listened to your podcast tonight. You spoke of seriously considering civil disobedience and not wearing your mask. I will tell you that not wearing a mask is probably the most liberating thing I've done so far in my life, which sounds crazy when I realize I'm talking about not wearing a mask. I highly recommend not wearing a mask. Civil disobedience is my new normal. Shields high. Well, Kristen, you're a brave lady, and uh, and I appreciate so much you writing in. I'm glad I get to keep you company up there in Wisconsin. It's an honor. And I'll just tell you this. In New York, if you tried that, uh, people would, and this has nothing to do with you, so you do you up in Wisconsin. And I'm just saying, if someone tried to do that in New York, they would, not only would you be told, leave the store immediately, uh, but people would act like you had just infected a bottle. If you walked into a store for 15 seconds without a mask on, uh, people would, would approach you, strangers, not only with store management, but I think strangers in, in the place would approach you and say, 
you're being reckless, uh, lives are at stake, get out. And they would like scream at you. So they, it's not just enough to say, could you put a mask on, please, or would you mind doing it? They will shame you over it. That's the mentality in New York. That's how, how crazy they've gotten. I mean, I saw this guy, uh, Pete Davidson from SNL. I mean, SNL's garbage. It's, been, it's really, it's just trash. It's just pure trash. And it has been for a long time. It's a shame because I, I used to like SNL. I used to watch SNL with my family sometimes. We'd be at my grandparents' place in the Hudson Valley, and uh, we would watch SNL, you know, and it was uh, something that you know, the, my, my immediate family we could do together. And it was back in the Dana Carvey, Mike Myers. Uh, what's it? Well, who's the guy who? Phil Hartman. Um, and then, of course, uh, who's the, the robust the robust-bellied fellow, Chris Mark. Farley. Thank you, Chris Farley. Uh, you know they were great. They were great back in the day. But now it's SNL. It's just lib trash. It's like they're trying to amuse their buddies in Williamsburg all the time, and uh, you know just just going with the left-wing hipster nonsense. But they they had this guy Pete Davidson, and he was talking about how anybody protesting, like the guy in Staten Island. Although I think he ran into cops with his car. That's very dumb. It's not a good idea. Don't do that. Don't you know you can't assault. You can be you can do civil disobedience. You can't assault police officers. It, that's alleged. It's alleged right now. I'm not saying that's what happened, but that is what is reported. Uh, but I, you know, this guy Pete Davidson calling out people in Staten Island for this. I'm just saying, you know, why is it that the people that still have jobs and have suffered not at all are supposed to be able to lecture those uh, those people who are having problems and losing their businesses? Anyway, Roan writes, I live in Southern California and everywhere I go, everyone has been wearing masks for months and everyone, including me, has been social distancing. I have not been wearing masks, he says. And yet here we are with more lockdowns, ostensibly because we didn't do it well enough for the last nine months. It's amazing to see how many people assume the government can save them from anything that comes their way. And if the government can't, then it's our fault somehow. Shields high. Yeah, Rowan, I find it very troubling. I don't know why, where this idea comes from that people seem to think that government is really efficient and good at what it does and is like your friend, and it's not. It is not those things, okay? Government is not going to save you from this. And uh, the government also does not, especially when it has power like this, there's no accountability. Going to be a great week of shows, I can assure you. Please pass the buck, tell someone to check it out, and they can go to BuckSexon.com to read our latest stories. Until next time, shields high.